Yo, what is going on, everybody? And welcome to episode three of the Get The Shot podcast. My name is Billy Quach, and I am a content creator based in Kansas City. I've worked for the NFL, the PGA, NBA 2K, and more. And this podcast is aimed for all you young aspiring creatives trying to get your foot in the door in the sports industry. Hopefully, this podcast gives you plenty of insight and value from people who are in the industry and other creatives that I bring on as guests. Today, we have Alex Farkas of the LA Chargers in the house answering your questions. And I'm so excited because his content is fire emoji, fire emoji, fire emoji. Today, we've got a lot to talk about, talking about his journey from being a Mizzou student to working for Ohio State to working for the NFL, what it takes to work in the NFL, and how to stand out when applying to all these creative sports positions. We'll also be answering questions straight from you, the audience, through our call-ins. So let's get this thing started. Let's run it. All right, yo. So what's what's going on, Alex? How's it going? Good, man. Thanks for uh, letting me be on this podcast. Thanks for being on the show. show. I'm super excited to have you on. Pretty pretty simple format. I'm just going to basically ask you a couple of questions to start, and then we'll get the call-ins rolling. And that's kind of the more important part. The main part is just getting um, giving people the opportunity to kind of talk to us and see how we're doing things and our mindset of, you know, doing the stuff that we're doing today, uh, which a lot of people yeah. ask me about. And um, I think I, I think what you do is really cool, what you do at the Chargers, um, as much as I hate the Chargers as a team, because I am uh, a Kansas, Kansas City Chiefs fan. Um, it, yeah. it, it hurts me to say that I love your content team and the content that, that you put out, so um, you guys are doing a great job. Well, we appreciate that. We so we got a good staff over there mm-hmm. for sure. Um, so yeah, let's just start it off. So right now you're at the Chargers as a creative branding producer slash editor. Um, kind of tell me, you know, the steps in your car- careers of how you got to this point in your in your career. Well, it's kind of been a journey. Uh, went to Mizzou for college, thought I was going to do some broadcast journalism, basically did that for all four years. And then right as I was graduating, I was like, you know, I kind of, I'm kind of burnt out from doing all this on camera stuff. Like, what can I do different? What can I see what's out there? And it was 2016. So our business, what we do now was kind of just hitting the scene a little bit. Um, so I sat, I would work the new, uh, front desk and I would literally send emails out to colleges and their athletic departments, anyone in like the creative or video department, just like email after email after email, like, Hey, do you have any openings, any internships, just something I can do. And then people started reaching back out saying, Hey, we don't have anything open now, but that's when I learned about the NCAA market.com. So you can find all those jobs on there. I started looking there, going to teamwork, and then I landed my first gig uh, at the University of North Carolina at Charlotte, a small conference USA school. They, uh, my boss is actually a Mizzou grad, so he kind of knew what he was getting. If anyone that listens to this is a Mizzou alum, you know that the Mizzou mafia is, is real. Um, I mean, I know you work with a couple Mizzou grads as well, so I'm sure they understand that. So um, was very lucky and fortunate to get that job, was there for about a year, and kind of you know I was doing a little live production as well as content producing and I knew that I didn't want to do any more live production um, 
like streaming to websites and stuff. I, I really wanted to focus on actually just shooting and editing. And that's kind of what um, being a, a broadcast journalist was a major help with because you kind of knew how to tell a story, how to shoot, what shots to look for, different, you know, wide, medium, tight shots, all that. And so then from there, I went and became the new media coordinator, basically like the only video person at the university or Miami University in Ohio, uh, a Mac school. Um, shout out Maction. And was there for a little bit, uh, about eight or nine months. And then Ohio State posted that job. And I knew from the get go that I wanted to work at Ohio State. I mean, I had admired their videos when I was working at Charlotte, watching their trailers. And I thought they were all fantastic storytellers. Andre Robinson was there at the time. Zach Sports is still there. He's, re- I mean, you know him firsthand. He is a fantastic person, editor, storyteller. He is just a great dude all around um, and was lucky enough to be brought on there. And I was there for two years. Um, and then uh, the Chargers came a knocking. And I mean, I'm from LA, so it was a hard opportunity to pass up. Uh, so I took it and I'm, I'm more than happy to say that it's been great being here for the past uh, six or seven months. I mean, COVID kind of was weird starting a new job with that, but um, I'm lucky. We work with a great staff. Um, I don't know if you don't, Jason Levine, but he oversees our whole department. I'm under David Bredo. Um, I didn't know a lot of these people, but they do uh, fantastic work over there and I'm very honored to be a part of that staff. Coming coming from a NFL team myself, I follow every single NFL team on social media um, just to see what every team is doing and what everyone's up to. And your content always sticks out. The way you guys edit is exactly my vibe, and I freaking love it. So you guys are crushing it yeah. over there. Um, but yeah, that's that's cool to hear. Like how you kind of transition from you know being in front of the camera and being a sports broadcaster and kind of wanting to do more shooting and more editing and more content-driven stuff, so you kind of just started reaching out and putting out your name there. Um, What kind of made you want, like, how did you make that switch in terms of how did you learn to shoot and to edit, like, the way you do now? Like, where where did that come from? Did that come from Mizzou? Did that come from Charlotte? Or how did you kind of develop your skills as a shooter slash editor with starting off with a journalism background? Yeah. So, I mean, as a lot of people in this industry will say, uh, YouTube, YouTube university. Oh yes. Uh, That's freaking good. <laughs> it is, it is hands down like the greatest thing. I remember my first week on the job, I had to make a volleyball intro video for Charlotte and I was, my boss was like, Hey, if you want to do like a camera shake effect, you can add a keyframe here, move the position over here and then move it down another way on the next keyframe. And I'm like, Yo, this this is like this could be so much easier. Like you could do it. It takes so much time to move the keyframe this way, this way. But at the time, I'm like, the girl hits the ball, and I'm like, a little shake effect. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. But I had to keyframe like ten frames. Yeah. So there's got to be an easier way. So I watched YouTube videos. I started figuring out like who people were, like uh, Peter McKinnon, Sam Colder, Matt Como, all those people, and then people would make tutorials about how they did for different transitions or different shots. And I would just sit at my computer and I had a Chromecast at home. I'd, I'd put it up on the Chromecast and just sit and watch, go frame by frame, try to figure things out. And then would have the most generic YouTube 
uh, searches and would be able to find things I'm looking for. And then I would, uh, towards the end of my time at Charlotte, I really dove into After Effects too, learning about like rotoscoping and masking and, and taking that to a different level. And then I started reaching out to different creatives um, in our industry because it wasn't really as big at the time. So I was really talking to um, Josh Blessing a lot. He is now big time over at Elite Edge, but he sent me, I mean, I, I emailed or DM'd him and he sent me a bunch of different um, tutorials to watch. And it's kind of funny. I, I think I DM'd Andre at this time too. And then I ended up working with him. So small world. How yeah, it's a crazy small world out there. Um, I know you went to Ohio State under, you know, Andre and Zach. And Zach is someone I worked with at Arkansas. And he was a big reason that, you know, I wanted to pursue this kind of content creation um, path because I saw him go to Ohio State. You know, I saw kind of probably the same things you were seeing, um, all the dope videos that they were coming up with and, you know, cranking out for their football team. And that's what really got me, you know, super excited about shooting and editing over journalism because I, I too, was a journalism major in front of the camera at you know UATV at Arkansas and it was just not for me like I knew from the start it wasn't for me I just had to kind of grind it out and get through and get my degree um so that's you know when when I first first heard about you I think you were still at Ohio State and I saw you know you probably retweeted some of your work and I was like oh dang that's pretty sweet um and then you know we got to meet each other in Miami um, because I was meeting Zach Mm -hmm to eat dinner with him and you were with him and y'all were there for Ohio state. So it's, it's a cool, it's cool how like it, there's so many people here, but there's so many connections as well. Um, so you just, you know, you meet someone down the road and then a couple of, couple of months later, a couple of years later, they're introducing this, you to someone else. And now you're at the chargers, um, working with people like Kirby, I think is there. Um, No, he actually just, Oh, he actually just left. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, I did not know that, but he, he was, I, I, you know, I saw him from the Royals. Um, so that's how I knew of yeah. him. And, you know, it's just crazy the past that everyone takes and, um, how it kind of all plays out at the end. Um, speaking of that's your part about this, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. It's crazy. It's great. Um, so speaking of, of your time at Ohio state, what was like, I feel like Ohio state is like one of the top dogs in terms of content creation. So what was your, kind of mindset going into Ohio State and what were some big key things that you learned while at o- Ohio State under guys like Zach and Andre? I throw Justin Law in that mix. Too. Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, Justin. that guy, when we, when we hired him, uh, he taught me so much. Honestly, I just went in with an open mind. Like, I knew I was not up to their level and I knew I wanted to be better. And why not use those resources that you have while you're there. I mean, I only worked with Andre for like two to four months. I forget the actual range, but before he went to the Clippers, but I still talk to him on a daily basis. I still talk to Zach. I still talk to Justin, even Sammy Ford, or sorry, Sammy Silverman, not Sammy Ford, <laughs> and Corey Wonderly. I mean, like we had such a great team over there. And from like Sammy helped me develop good motion graphics. Justin was just talented all around. And Zach was a really, really good storyteller. So why not encompass all that and use that to the best of your ability to become the best storyteller, editor, just creator in general. 
And that's the best thing about working on a team is that you have so many different people to bounce ideas off of and you can, people will tell you straight to your face if it's a good idea or not. And you have to kind of be blunt in this, in this industry and it works. I mean, you want people to be pushed. You have to just always go after the next best thing. You can never be satisfied with what you do. Like I, I like, okay, cool. That was good, good at it. But what can I do next time to make it better? Like I look at stuff that I've recently made at the chargers or recently made it before I left Ohio state. And I'm like, no, at the time I was good. But I look at it, I'm like, it could have been better. Yeah, for sure. So just trying to push. So. Yeah, yeah. There's always room for improvement. There's always, there's always someone out there, you know, learning a new effect, learning the next new trend, learning the next new camera technique. So there's definitely um, that feeling that you could always improve yourself, and you're never just, you know, sitting there on a plateau um, because other people are, are going to catch up. Um, so that's really good advice. Um, we're going to switch next yeah. to the calling portion of this podcast. So I'm going to try to get some people in here and have them ask us some questions. Um, so let's see if we can get somebody in through, into the Zoom. Yo, what's going on, Eduardo? Yo, what's up, man? Dude, we're doing good. How's it going? How are you doing today? It's going good. It's going good. I'm at work. Nice. Taking a small break from work. Um, I got Alex on the other line as well, so... Um, let's just start off with a little intro on you, just so we kind of know where you're at, who you're working for, where you go to school or whatever, and then you, could, you can ask us a couple questions uh, after that. All right. Um, so I just turned 23 last week. Um, I am currently going to Cal State University of Fullerton, and right now I currently work at the local high school I attended, and I work as a clerk for the video production teacher here. Awesome. Sweet. Right down the road from me. I'm in I'm in Newport. Oh, damn, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so what's your question? What you got? All right. So my question is, I, I got two questions. Um, so I wanted to start off with saying, um, so when I was young, I started off in this high school production, video production academy, and I learned everything throughout the four years. Well, not everything, you know, because you can't learn everything. But I started off with video, editing, creating montages, doing the sports um, highlights here from the school and whatnot. Um, then right after that, I got, I was able to do an internship as a PA for an indie film that was shot here as well on the school. And right after that, I don't know, I sort of got like a creative like depression slash block and that made me not want to like semi-pursue film. So I turned to photography and uh, where the question is leading up to is if you feel like you've learned everything, um, do you still think school is pivotal? Um, because I'm currently I, I'm attending Fullerton, but I ended up switching majors and like even now I'm still like, is school really worth it or should I start getting experience out? I say yes, school is worth it. Um, I feel like there's always something you can learn. There's always something new that's out there. There's all, especially in this field, everything's changing by the minute. Um, people are finding new ways to be creative. Uh, I'd say as, as long as you're still in school, get your degree. Um, you can, you, things will fall into your lap. You can be, you can kind of set things up as you're in school. And I like you are doing now working at your, your high school while you're still in school, but trying to figure out ways, keeping in contact with people, 
that are in the industry already setting yourself up because we've all been in this, you know, kind of a creative rut. I was just in it a couple of weeks ago. I like, you can't find ways you just, you just feel stuck. And I've definitely been in that numerous times and you have uh, mentors, people, friends to, to pull you out and be like, Hey, you're good. There's always something new to learn. You're going to be good. And I've, I've really used that to my advantage. And I've been lucky enough to have people in my life that have helped me through those ruts. Um, and I definitely think there's, there's always something new to learn and ways to push yourself to be better. Yeah, totally, totally, totally agree with that, Alex. Um, I, I think if you're in school right now that, you know, you, you, I think it's really important to finish it out and just use kind of school as a opportunity to, you know, make yourself better, make connections, network, um, you know, use those next couple of years or however, however many years you have left to kind of, you know, solidify your reel and your resume and um, just kind of almost use that as prep work and prep time so that when it's time to um, apply to full-time positions or internships when you're when it's your senior year you've got the best best foot forward in terms of your reel and in terms of your resume because you've spent the last couple of years at school um, you know mastering that aspect of your um, portfolio okay okay and if per se this is an in-between question for this if per se like you do get an opportunity would you take it or is that dependent on like for example myself or should i listen to others uh yeah so you, you, are you talking about an opportunity while you're in school um yeah like for example like say something comes up hey like you're able to get an internship like say out of the city or something um would that experience be better than pursuing school or should i just stay grounded and keep going i think it it depends on what that opportunity is but i am you know i think i i think personally i would be confident in leaving school and pursuing an opportunity if that opportunity was going to give me direct experience and mentorship or you know whatever it is you're looking for to master your craft that you're wanting to work on. Um, I would say most scenarios, I'm, I think you could find an opportunity in the summer or in the breaks of your school and still, you know, try to finish school out. Um, I think whoever's giving you that opportunity would understand if you wanted to finish out school and say, Hey, is it okay if I finish out school? And then will that opportunity still be there afterwards? If, if it's a once in a lifetime opportunity and you know it's going to be beneficial, I have no problem saying yes, go for it, go after it. I don't think school is as important as experience, but it has to be 100% the right opportunity and the right situation. I wouldn't say that to probably most people that ask that question. Yeah, I agree with that as well. I mean, you kind of have to see what time of year it's at. If, um, I think the first question should really be, I'm still in school. How can we work around this so that I can work while I'm not in school, while I'm on a break, 
or how can I incorporate it while I'm also in school and make the two things work together? Because like, like Billy said, I mean, if it is a once in a lifetime opportunity and you know that this can set you up for future, hands down, like you, you got to take it. But I mean, when you're building out your resume, you should really have your work experience first and then put your school underneath because people really care about what you've done. So, but I, I mean, still at the same time, when you see that you've graduated, that's also another big plus. All right. And then another question that applies to both of you guys, um, being that you guys are content creators. Um, a question is, well, my question is, what are the titles and positions that we as content creators should be looking for? Because I know, like, I was listening to the last podcast episode and you guys were like, oh, like, um, content producers or, like, editors. Like, what what are some things for, or, like, the lingo that some of us don't know when we're coming straight out of, like, college, like, looking for these jobs? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question because I feel like, you know, there is no set um, position name for, you know, a lot of the things that most of us are doing. I'm personally, I'm a creative director. I'm also a LCC for the NFL and like, what the heck is an LCC? So like, I think step one, the best thing you could do is kind of follow everyone on social and figure out, you know, who is doing what I want to do and figure out what their title is. Because honestly, titles really don't mean much. I mean, there's content creators, there's social creators, there's video producers, there's producers just by itself, there's lead producers, there's, um, you know, creative or director of creative new media. There's, there's, there's always going to be a title with all these fancy words, but like ultimately that doesn't matter as much as what they're actually doing day to day. And their title is not going to spell out every single thing that they do. So my suggestion is just to follow kind of the people that you see are in types of positions that you're interested in and then see what their positions are called. So that way, when you see job openings, when you see um, people post about availability for you know positions they're looking, for, looking to hire for, you can see, oh, well, they're looking for a, I don't know, a, a producer, but I feel like I'm more of a content creator. Um, but then some some people see producers as the same thing as creators and like everyone just has their own different lingo and it's hard to kind of, you know, define everything. Um, so yeah, my number one tip would just to kind of make a list of people that are doing cool things that you see on social and then write down their titles next to it. So that way you get an idea of the types of titles you should be going after in terms of job applications. Yeah. Uh, you should also write down some keywords like producer, like Billy was saying, social creative video is, is a good one, but it can kind of get into the, the realm of like video coordinators, which is, like coaches video, which you don't really want to do. I learned that the hard way. Uh, but like those keywords will really help. And then when you actually get interviews for those jobs, asking the right questions, you know, you need to make sure that you're not going to get hunkered down into something that you don't want to do. So make sure that if it's like a, a social position, make sure you're, if you just want to do video, make sure you're not also just running the social account as well as, 
making the videos because that's a lot of stress. So if you just want to do video, just make sure you're asking the right questions. All right. All right. Well, I mean, that, that sums it up. Those were my two questions. Um, yeah, I appreciate it a lot, guys. Um, I hope to continue learning from you guys. Um, I just followed Alex on Twitter. Let's um, go. And thought he was here from LA. I... And I was like, damn. <laughs> how, how, how would have been if you would have, um, I don't know, are you working at the SoFi yet or not yeah. yet? Yeah, we're our man. our offices aren't headquartered there, but we are there for games and and other shoots. And it's a it's a beautiful stadium. They've done a really good job with that. Nice, nice. Glad to hear that. I'm excited to visit. For sure. Yeah. yeah thanks. Yeah. Thank, thanks for hopping on, Eduardo. Take care. Boom. First one's done. Let's go. Those are some solid questions. I like the I like the title yeah. one because uh, same thing. When I was you know about to apply to places and kind of figuring out what my next steps were outside of college. I had no idea what, you know, these positions were called or, you know, no one really yeah. calls it content creator, yeah. but that's like what you want to do. New media. Yeah, it's, I've done it all. And, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy cool that, you know, you were at Ohio state under Zach because Zach, I said this in my last podcast, but Zach's the one that for the first time I knew I made that connection of, okay, that's what he's doing. That's what I want to do. That's his title. That's the title I want. Like that was the first yep. time that ever clicked for me. Prior to that, I was just like, I don't know. I want to make videos. Like, <laughs> what what position is that? Yeah. You know. So that, that was a really good. When's he gonna When's he gonna be on? <laughs> um, I I have him on the list for sure. Um, yeah. I'll definitely need to hit him up. He'll be a good one for sure. All right, our next person is Carter. Yo, Carter, what's up? Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. How are you? What's going on, Carter. Oh, doing well. Just got back from a bike ride here in, in Dallas, like 70 degrees, which is way better than the snow back home. Oh, so. nice. Uh, what part of Dallas are you in? I'm, I'm right downtown. Okay, sweet. I'm from Plano, Texas, so I know that area. Oh, right on, man. I, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, sweet. Yeah. yeah, thanks for hopping on, and thanks for, you know, calling in. Um, how we're going to do this is you're just going to explain kind of what your position is right now, if you're a student, if you're working or whatever, and just kind of where you're at, just so we kind of get some context to help better answer your question. And then you can shoot us a question, um, two to two or three after that. Cool. That sounds great. All right. So, um, I'm based in Dallas. I've been freelancing for like four years. Um, I just started as an NFL LTC for the Cowboys, uh, this year. So, um, that's been super cool because stuff has been pretty slow lately other than that. So, um, I guess the first question that I had was about, specialization um your guys experience like well i guess just i've noticed that some people decide hey i want to specialize just on like one niche doing one role of like i just want to be a dp or i just want to edit um and i noticed there's obviously a lot of people younger than us coming up that have been able to sort of be renaissance people and so i'm kind of wondering like as i've been looking at some of these uh, you know, jobs and things like that out there since freelance has been slow. There's been things where they're like, I want you to be a, a spec, like an expert in everything. And that even means like cinema 4D and after effects. So like, is that a realistic expectation? And can you send that in a job interview to be like, oh, I have all this other stuff here that I can do and I can learn that. But then when I'm thinking about it, there's only so much you can really do to improve incrementally in something you have a mastery in. 
you know, like shooting and editing versus that time to get you to like slightly below average in like cinema 40. So like, what do you guys think about that? It obviously sort of depends on where you're applying and what's going on, but I guess just what are y'all's thoughts on Yeah, for sure. That's a really good question. Um, yeah, I definitely agree with you that it depends on, you know, the organization or the company you're working for. Um, personally, in my opinion, I don't really, I'm not really looking for that expert jack of all trades who's good at every single thing because I don't think that exists perfectly. Like, I don't think anyone's going to be in, you know, a master, you know, Cinema 4D and a master Photoshopper, graphic designer, and a master social media content creator and a master long form storyteller. Like, there's just so many, you know, things out there that, people can do and it's I think it's unrealistic to find someone who can do all of that really really well and if you know if you find that person please tell them to hit me up because I will hire them um, I I think I, I see more I see more positives on someone who is you know more focused on one area and say if they're a long-form content creator and they want to do documentaries and tell stories and that's their thing I'd rather hire that person if I know I need someone who is more of a long form person for my department and maybe all my editors and all my shooters are all short short form, you know, social media quick bits, those type of shooters and content creators. Um, I would rather have I'd rather hire someone who specializes in what I don't have than someone who's just, you know, above average or really good at a lot of things cuz then maybe because then that just kind of limits, like if someone is 50% good at A, B, C, and D, but I want to be really good at A, I'd rather just hire someone who's 90% there with A and have a team of 90% people who are good at B and C and D. And then, you know, my, now my company's 90% good at all four of those, those things instead of having four people who are all, all, all are 50% good at those four things, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I agree with you. But at the same time, I think you also really want versatile people, people that are very talented in the social realm, people that are talented in the, the long form. Like that's me personally. Like I I really admire the long form storytelling, but I'm in the social field and my job gives me the opportunity to still do that long form if I want to in the off season. So I think um, if you can really hunker down and focus on, one thing and specialize in that and get good at that. But you also have in your bank being something good at something else. Then I think if you're applying for jobs, they'll see that and they realize that, okay, if we're putting a team together, this guy knows how to do many different sides of work and, and is versatile and, and knows what to do and what to look for. So, um, I mean, there's that whole debate about who's team shooter, team editor. You have to be everybody. Like your team, everything. So um, that's just what it is in this field. I mean, you can be good at shooting, you can be good at editing, but why not be good at both? Right. Yeah. No, that that makes sense. And I, I guess it's one of those things where it's got to be a gut check for me of like an honest assessment and having a good community around me to be like, hey, here's where your weaknesses are. Here's what you can work on, and and you know. And going from there and, and just kind of going, yeah, going on from there. So, 
appreciate that, guys. I guess uh, my second question here is I'm just curious from looking at y'all's work, um, I've enjoyed everything that I've seen. What's y'all's like ideation process like? Oh, that's a really good question. <laughs> and it's also very broad because every piece is different. And I just kind of keep um, a bank on my phone or on Instagram or on YouTube of, of videos that I see, um, graphics, motion graphics, really anything, and how I can incorporate that into different pieces. And there's a lot of talented people in this industry, in the movie industry, and in really anything to do with a camera or, or a photography like you can get a lot of inspiration following different people and, and seeing what they do, because that gives you a really good idea about how you can take what they've done and turn it into your own. Because while you're creating, there's ways to make things that are new and there's ways to, you know, quote unquote copycat, but make it different. So you're not exactly taking something that somebody's already produced and make it your own. Um, and I think that's where you really find who the creative people are in this industry and people that are inspired by other people's work and taking different things that you see and, and using that for inspiration. Yeah, to totally agree with what Alex is saying. Um, th that's a really good question. Uh, I've never really even thought about what my ideation process is. Like it kind of just happens. And, you know, a lot of it, I feel like it happens when I'm in the car driving and listening to a song and, you know, I've never heard of this song, but then I hear a section of the song that, you know, then a, a highlight from an NFL, you know, shot plays in my head while that song's happening. And I'm like, that would be perfect for this part. Or, you know, the lyrics of the song is like, yo, those words slap. I'm going to Shazam this song, save it and use it for my next edit. Um, and that happens to me like all the time. It just comes out of nowhere. And, um, that's more of the, like, you know, in the moment out of nowhere ideation stuff that comes to me sometimes, you know, if I, if I know I have to sit down and think of something and like, you know, come up with something like maybe we're having a brainstorm session at work or, you know, a client comes and says, Hey, do you have any ideas for this? Um, from there I'm, I'm more, you know, leaning on social media to kind of give me some inspiration. If I can't think of anything off the top of my dome, like I just go maybe on Instagram for a little bit and just scroll and just see what, you know, what's, what other people are, are, are doing right now. Um, so, sometimes I'll throw on maybe a couple of YouTube videos and just see what, you know, other creators are kind of doing or maybe even watching a clip from a movie or just, you know, if you're sitting there watching, you know, TV, during the commercials, I try to pay attention to how those commercials are shot and made. And literally every, you know, every piece of content that gets in front of my eyes, whether it's a commercial or um, an animation or like, I can't go to the movies now without dissecting how somebody gets a shot. Like even in the trailers, even in like, I'm thinking about how they edit it and how they, you know, what sound effects they're using or, is that blue screen or is that cinema 4d is that real like uh, that that just that's just 100% all the time right now with me and that that mixed in with you know sitting down and kind of trying to 
come up with an idea helps me out a lot because then I could kind of be like, oh yeah, I remember seeing this in that movie or I remember seeing this ad and they did it this way. Like maybe we could do it a different way. So that's kind of my process. It's kind of just jumbling up and compiling all of this, you know, visuals that you get from your phone, from the television, from your computer, and just kind of having a bank of inspiration to pull out of, pull from. Yeah. Uh, I also have um, like a little brain dump section in my notes on my phone. And then I've got at work, I've got a notepad that I carry with me on trips and uh, keep it at work most of the time. And I'll just write down things that I see. And like Billy said, my, my last thing that I wrote in there, I was watching TV and I saw a commercial that Facebook did for voting. Yes. And it was the yeah. most well-done commercial I've seen in such a long it's time. So I, I literally watched it on YouTube. I'm like, how did they do this? Like the different movements with the camera, the edits, just it was so smooth from start to finish. Yeah. So just see things like you're in front of a screen basically 24 hours a day. That's just how we live now. So finding in like different car commercials too, there's just so many different ways to be inspired and then taking those and applying that to your everyday life and what you do. Awesome. And I think that's a good segue into my, my final question. And thanks guys. But um, I was curious if there, we live in such a digital age where everything's on screens, just like you're saying, and, you can take in all this information that's almost like curated for you. Have you guys, I mean, if a specific instance doesn't come to mind, but like, do you guys seek like analog things sort of as a break from the, the screen as it were, and try to find inspiration from those things, whether it's an art museum or like a book or, I mean, an old movie that's been digitized or something like that, something that's not the here and now. It has how how like I'm kind of butchering the end of my question here, but I, I hope you hopefully you understand what I'm getting at here. Is that yeah. a thing that you guys that you guys like to do, or is it kind of like we're here, we're now, let's go? Oh no, I think sometimes you definitely have to step away from all that, like just kind of clear your head. Um, we get so bogged down and sitting in front of the screen. I mean, people's eyes are going bad, but like kind of you know taking a step back and uh, for I guess recently. Probably when that movie um, Into the Spider-Verse, remember that movie? That was a really well done movie. And I actually learned this not too long after I watched it, but they made Miles, the main character, they fixed his um, FPS to match as he was growing as the Spider-Man. So that's not something you can actually do like do in our business. I mean, you can a little bit, but just to the little things that people would never know, like he was a lot slower in terms of frames per second um, at the beginning of the movie. And then at the end of the movie, he was finally up to speed. And that's just like little things that people would never even know and never catch. But when you go and watch it, you probably catch it after you just learn that. But at the time you never know. Yo, that's so, like how mind. can you take? <laughs> I know it's so it's, cool. it's insane, but it's just like, what can you do differently? I mean, whether it's through emotion piece or um, through storytelling, 
to really just get your point across that people might not know um, when they watch it the first time until the editor themselves mentions what they did. So you definitely have to take a step back and, and dissect things in a different light. Yeah. Um, I probably need to t take a step back more than, you know, more than I'm currently at right now. Like I, pr I probably don't take a step back enough and do more of the analog things and just, you know, go out and take a walk as much as I probably should. And I think it's really important to know when you're in a space that you probably just need to take a break and, you know, put down the phone, put down the computer and just go, go outside and just see, you know, I mean, it's, go watch the sunset and see how the colors interact with each other. That's something I noticed recently is like, um, you know, just driving back home and paying attention to how the gradient of the colors kind of just fall, fall off from, you know, blue to orange to whatever. Um, and that's probably something I wouldn't have thought about if I wasn't in this industry because right now, personally, I'm trying to get better as a color, colorist, color grader, you know, editing color. And that's not, that's not one of my strong points. So outside of work, outside of being in front of a phone, I try to pay attention more to colors and just see how, you know, different color combination works or doesn't work together or even different patterns of structures, you know, seeing what looks good or like what lines, what thickness of lines of, you know, it, it, it's, it's all around you. And I think it's important for people to n see that and know that inspiration doesn't have to come from their phone or their computer. Like it could literally come from anywhere. Um, and if you just go outside, you'd probably find something cool to kind of reference in your next edit somehow, some way. Right on. Well, Billy, Alex, thanks so much. I, I appreciate it, guys. This is a blast. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Uh, thanks for asking those questions, and good luck this season. That's awesome that you're in LCC. I'm in LCC as well, so I'm excited yeah. to see some more content from you, especially from the Cowboys, because that's my old team. Uh, I am, you know, I'm from Dallas, so I root for the Cowboys as well. Um, but yeah, thanks for coming on. Hope you have a good rest of your weekend. All right, appreciate All it, guys. See ya. See y'all. Yeah. I'm look. I'm looking up this Spider Verse thing right now, dude. That. That that just blew and my you mind. You never knew no, that. No, I, I did not know it was, that. It was it was it was nuts. When I learned that, I literally like, my mind was blown. So he's what in like in like a higher frame rate at the, at the beginning. So so it says he was animated in twos. I don't really know what that means. So he was animated at twelve frames per second instead of twenty four. Okay, so he's a little if you're animating at the beginning. Twos, yeah, if you're animating on twos, you have one frame where you are moving and then one frame where you're not. Okay. Gotcha. So it's choppier. It's yeah. choppier at the beginning, so and then by the time, yes, yeah, by the time he's at, at the end, he's editing on ones, meaning he's editing at twenty-four gotcha. frames a second. Dude, that is which is <laughs> nutty. That's so insane, dude. That movie was very well made. The freaking hyperlapse, yes. or time lapse that it, that they had, just blew my mind. Yeah. I'm like, did they just animate a yeah. a hyperlapse? Like, what yeah. is going on? That was, was great. All right, our next guy is Joseph. Yo, what up, Joseph? Hey, guys. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing great. Doing great. Good. Uh, thanks for calling in. Thanks for uh, taking the time out of your day to call in. 
So the, the way this is going to work, um, I have Alex from the Chargers on the other, other side as well. So we'll be here to answer your questions. And uh, let's just start off with kind of your background and kind of where you're at now, if you're a student or if you're working or whatever, um, just so we kind of have some more context on your questions and then we can help answer those better. So uh, start off with that and then you can hit, a, hit us with your first question. Sure. So um, I actually went to a Division three school uh, local to where I grew up, where I played lacrosse. Uh, I went to school for communications with a focus in video production. Uh, I think, how old are you, Billy? I think we're I'm 25. I think we, okay. Yeah. So I'm, I'm 26. So I'm a year older okay. than you. So I'm, I'm out of, I've been out of college for um, a few years now. And right out of college, I took a job outside of video um, because really back then, the jobs weren't, um, or I, re I really didn't have a clear direction of what I wanted to do. And, you know, the program I was in um, was a good program, but I would say the there wasn't really a clear path or a lot of, like, mentoring that I had and, and guidance as far as what a good career path looked like, how do I get there, what building a portfolio, all the things that, you know, you hear that you need to do in order to, to land a good opportunity, um, interning, you know, all of those different things. Um, so I took a job outside of video for a year. Um, and then a job came up actually at the school that I went to in their production department, uh, where I work full time now, where we work with their marketing department. Um, so I'm mainly a, a video producer there now. Um, and when I got hired there, I started my, my freelance business, um, which is where on the freelance side, I really started to focus in on sports because I realized like sports is something, I, you know, I was a college athlete, um, Sports is something that I'm really passionate about, and I've always wanted to work in sports video. Um, and I started my sports video background mainly in lacrosse because that's where all my roots were. Um, so I worked with websites like Lax.com. I worked with SDX Lacrosse. Um, and I started to build you know, what I considered a pretty strong portfolio in the lacrosse world. Um, now, I really started to, um, and this kind of will we'll get into my question about uh, you know, really post collegiate, I guess, advice and navigating the job market now in, in the sports creative world, uh, I feel is a, is maybe a little bit different than it was, you know, three, four years ago. Um, and I think wh where I really, really realized this was a, a few months back, I applied for a position um, for the Saints and they were, they were looking for a, a videographer. Uh, and, and I used you know, I, I'm on Teamwork Online, which I'm sure, you know, a lot of people on here are and they're familiar with the website. Um, I have the like the pro subscription, you know, and all that stuff. So you can kind of see the analytics of how many people applied, who did your application get sent to the hiring manager, um, all that stuff. But that job that I applied for had like 796 applications. And I was like, whoa, like that's a lot, a lot of people. And I was not like, you know, I knew, I knew jobs like that were obviously in high demand and, you know, every, everybody would want to work for the Saints. Um, but 790 was a number where I was like, whoa, like that's a lot. Um, so, you know, I thought, and, and the more that I'm applying for these jobs, I'm starting to get interviews. I'm starting to, um, you know, get a lot of looks, which is, which is really um, making me optimistic about getting a full-time opportunity for a D1 school, for a professional organization like um, like Alex works for. Um, so my question is, uh, you know, when you're building your portfolio now, you know, the next steps, you have a strong portfolio now. Um, you know, now I'm, I'm doing more football content and basketball content because I realize 
you know, lacrosse may not do the trick. And, and if I'm applying for the Chargers and I have really good lacrosse footage, like, yeah, I have good looking lacrosse footage, but if there isn't a football footage on there, it's not going to, uh, you know, I'm sure someone who's been working as an intern for the Chiefs for a couple of years, you know, they're going to have a portfolio that's stronger than mine. So I want to make sure, um, you know, I'm building a portfolio that is directly the type of content that I would be making for the jobs that I'm applying for. Uh, so just some some tips that you would have to somebody who's looking for a full-time role in a Division One program, a, sport, um, a sports team, um, and what would you – how can they be a candidate that kind of stands out? Um, because, again, if there's 300 people applying, I'm sure there's, you know, 100 people that have a good-looking portfolio. Um, but what's kind of making them stand out? Is it their resume? Is it their cover letter? Um, is it their, is their, their website? You know, there's a lot of different things that you can do to present yourself as a better candidate. Um, and I just kind of wanted to get your, your opinions on these things. And, um, and yeah. Yeah, that, that's a really good question. And, you know, especially during these COVID times, you know, a lot of people are looking for jobs and I'm sure a lot of people have the same thoughts on their portfolio and their reels as they're applying to all these positions. Um, so yeah, thanks for the question. Um, in my experience and from my perspective, I think, you know, the number one most important thing for me when I'm hiring is the reel. Like if I click on your reel, it better, you know, it better hook me or it better, you know, stand out and pop in the first 10, 30 seconds, 10 or 20 seconds. Um, if you want, you know, any, even a chance at me calling back. And that's just, you know, coming from, that's just my, my standpoint. And, you know, every hiring manager across the league, across the, you know, different sports, different backgrounds, different companies are all going to have different opinions on that. So I'm not saying that's the, you know, one and done for everyone. But personally, I look at, you know, that person, I look at what they create and usually when they're applying to a position, the only thing they've created is the real that I'm going to see as the person hiring. So I look at that as the, you know, very like 95% of my decision comes from that real because some people you just see it, you just know if they have it or not within seconds. And I think I have a solid, um, understanding of when someone has it or doesn't uh and so yeah so to me it's just you know making sure your reel's on point making sure it's you know all the simple things it's not too long all your best shots are stacked at the front it's not like it's not there's no okay shots like it shouldn't be your a plus your b plus and your c plus shot it should be all your a plus shots like don't give it a chance to you know don't don't allow your reel to have a chance of putting someone off if since because your C your C plus shot is at the end because you're just trying to fill out time. Like just make it shorter. Um so for me it's just making sure and that's really I think the one thing that stands out when I'm hiring people is how good was their reel. And then that will make me, you know, want to look into their portfolio if they if they have other projects, if they have full length projects on their website or whatever. Um, that'll make me want to look into their cover letter, their resume, their experience, and then ultimately end up giving them a call is, is there real 
good or in a spot that has potential. Um, and you kind of just, it's, it's hard to explain because it's so like, you know, subjective. Like this is all, yeah. you know, content creating is so just subjective and it's just yeah. so like, yeah. you know, like. There's a lot that goes yeah, into it. Like, and I, that, and to me, that's like the one common denominator that everyone has is like everyone that applies has a reel. So that's what I'm going to use to judge all of the applicants. But definitely, you know, it's, I haven't been hiring for a lot, long time. Like this is probably my first year where I've been in a position that I'm having to hire and, you know, be on the other side of looking at applicants. And it's it's hard. It's hard to you know base a person's um, capabilities off of that reel in the first place. Like that's just hard to do. Um, so I I would just say making sure your reels on point and also just networking and being on social media and making sure people are seeing seeing your reel. Whether it's you know people if they're hard you know not only are the people hiring you seeing your reel, but also just people in general um, are seeing your work and you're that you're active on social and you're putting out, you know, if you're, if who you're working for tweets out your work that you're quote tweeting it and saying, yo, check out this work I did for X, Y, and Z. Um, cause that's how I ended up where I'm at now at let it fly media is basically that strategy. I, you know, I came out of college 2017 and interned at the chiefs. And then I got hired on full time at the Chiefs after that, 2018, and I started uh, cementing myself as kind of like the social media video producer and kind of that short form content producer. So a lot of my stuff got posted on you know Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the Chiefs social channels, and it was really easy for me to just share it or quote tweet it and say, "Hey, check out what I made for the Chiefs," or you know, "Check out what I shot," "Check out what I edit." Um, not, not to like brag or like, you know, shove it in everyone's face that I'm working for the greatest organization in the world, but to show that if someone came to my profile and they looked at the last couple of tweets or last couple of posts, they could be like, oh, dang, I need to work with that guy. Like, let's figure out how we can get in contact. And that's what my boss is. My current boss is at Let It Fly Media did. They slid into my DMs and was like, hey, are you the guy that makes all the cheese stuff? Like, I see you tweet about it and share it all the time. And I was like, yes, I am. And they're like, cool, you want to go get dinner? I was like, sure, go to dinner. Hey, you want to be our creative director? I'm like, uh, yes, let's do it. So like, you know, use, taking advantage of your of social media is definitely a way to give, give yourself a leg up, uh, Alex. Yeah, you hit the nail on the coffin with my point. Uh, a lot of people go into these when they're looking for somebody, go in these application processes with already a my in mind candidate or a few candidates. Yeah. So yeah. if like you said that seven hundred and ninety people, mm-hmm. they already have five people. Mm-hmm. So that's where networking comes into play. You can reach out to people. You don't just immediately I don't respond to people that immediately just send me their work. I'm like, no, let's establish like some rapport with me, establish something that we can discuss. And then uh, um, you can critique me. I can critique you, whatever you want. And as long as you have that relationship with people, you kind of hit them up. Um, 
they might not even know who you are. Like I didn't know who Billy was until I went to Ohio State and just started seeing his stuff. And then I stood in his DMs. I'm like, yo, you're good at what you do, dude. Mm-hmm. And then we started developing a, a relationship. And if you can do that with other people, these relationships that you have will go a lot further. And like Billy said, how he got his job, it was pretty similar how I got mine at the Chargers. So if you just establish yourself with other people in this industry, like look for a team you want to work for, maybe someone smaller, bigger, whoever, and start talking to them. You never know where that may lead you. Cool. Yeah, that, that was uh, that was really good. Uh, it's great answers. And I definitely agree. I think, Alex, what you said, how a lot of the jobs probably have already people in mind. So you want to be on, you know, on the short list of the people like when, so if you exactly. just network with enough people, you know, in, in the local area or for a local team, you know, though you should be somebody that comes to mind if they are hiring for a videographer yep. because that list is just already so, um, you know, so large. So that definitely makes sense. It is, is something I'm trying, you know, to do a lot more. And it's why, uh, you know, how I follow Billy and, you know, how I follow you, Alex, and a lot of the other people, Ty Rogers, Jeff Hanel, like all those type of people that are really in the community. I think they're... Um, you're able to just net, see who's liking their tweets and where those people work and who's sharing their work online and, and engaging with those people. I think, um, I think and hope that that will eventually, um, you know, put me in the right place to the, the right place at the right time for the right opportunity. Um, you know, for something that, you know, I can just jump at. So that's, uh, that was great to hear. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. And I'll add on to that. Um, a lot of people ask like, you know, how do I network? And I think that's a really big question out there is like, you know, well, you know, you, everyone says like, you just got to network, but no one, you know, a lot of people then ask, yeah. well, how do I network? And, you know, with social media now, I think networking has 100% changed from what networking was in the past. Like you don't have to show up to a, you know, networking event and, you know, physically meet someone and physically shake someone's hands and say, hi, my name's Billy. Like, nice to meet you. Like this, this whole networking thing, when I say to network, when people say, oh, you just network. This is all on social media, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, even maybe not Facebook, but um, it's super easy to follow the people that you want to network with and just either like their stuff or leave a comment saying, yo, that was dope or, yo, that was really cool what you did there and just kind of hype them up. Like you don't have to be, you know, do it. Don't do it every day and don't be weird about it, but you can do it every now and then when something sticks out, you know, they post a hype video that they created for their team and you say, yo, that was really dope. Like, I really liked what you did here and there and like, cool. And then maybe a couple of months later, they post something else. You know, they quote tweet something that they created and you say, fire emoji, fire emoji, fire emoji. And then, you know, eventually they might go to your profile and they might, you know, share back like, yo, that was really cool what you did there. And that this is exactly what I do with everybody on, on social media. And this is how Alex and I got connected is I saw him at Ohio State. I saw him putting out cool content. I probably responded to one of his stories with like the 100 emoji. And then he probably just liked it and didn't say it back. But I know that he saw it. So then, you know, a couple weeks later, I post something. Maybe he, you know, does the same thing, 100, 100 emoji back. And then next thing you know, after a couple back and forth of that, maybe I comment on something he posts Maybe he comments on something I post. Next thing I know, I'm in Miami and I'm meeting up with a former coworker, Zach, 
and who's who was back then Alex's boss at Ohio State. And now I'm meeting Alex in person, and we kind of already built this relationship. Oh, I know what you do. I know your work. Like, that's really cool. And, you know, he could say the same to me. And now a couple of weeks later, a couple of months after that, he goes to the Chargers and like, yo, congratulations on going to the Chargers, blah, blah, blah. Hype him up there. And now if I need a favor, for example, him getting on this podcast, I could easily DM him and say, hey, do you want to be on my podcast? Like, it, that isn't the first time I reached out to him asking him to be on my podcast or asking someone to work for me or asking someone to hire me or like look at my portfolio. Like that's not the first time you, in my opinion, that you should be reaching out to someone. It should be the hundredth time that you've had interaction on social or maybe the 50th or something like as long as it's not the first, I think most people um, and most, you know, most creatives in this space like appreciate that and, you know, are willing to help out and respond versus, you know, cold DMing someone, hey, here's my portfolio, like, can you hire me? Or like, do you have any internships open? Like, that's, those are the messages that probably go unread and, you know, people don't turn back to just because, you know, there's so many people that do that. Like, you gotta kind of slowly ramp your name into their social bubble. If that makes sense. People love to be complimented big time. So make them feel good and all warm and fuzzy on the inside. I guarantee you they'll give you a response back when you make a fire video. That's how it works. And then you start to develop that relationship and not the comments are less than like a fire emoji. They're more, you know, I really like how you did this with this piece and mm-hmm. you go into more detail. You develop those, you know, in-depth conversations about being a good video editor and if you have questions you'd be like yo that was really sick because you've now developed a good relationship with this person you now feel comfortable enough to ask like hey how did you do that that's sweet i want to try to apply something similar in one of my videos yeah that that's i think that's a great piece of advice that i will definitely be following more now um, I think a lot of other people can kind of, cause I, I do think, you know, a lot of people kind of do take the cold because, you know, you see a lot of different social media people like pushing like the cold DM, just do you send a hundred DMs? Like someone's going to answer you and someone's going to give you the shot. But I think in our space, uh, it, it's a little more receptive to like, you know, what, what both of you guys have said, like, Hey, I like how you shot this. Like, wow, that grade was clean. Like, you know, that you, that transition at like 10 seconds was nuts. How did you do it? Like saying like stuff like that, I think will at least, you know, I know if someone said that to me, I'd like notice, wow, this guy knows what he's talking about. And he's like, he has that eye that he's looking at my work with. So, you know, that'll just be when I do ask you to, Hey, can you check out this cool video I made? You know, maybe you'd be more likely to, um, to check it out. Uh, that, that's awesome. Uh, Billy, can I ask another question? Yeah, for sure. How many, how many, you're, I, you're I have probably so going to be the so. last guest. So ask as many questions as you want. Oh. So. Okay. We don't have anybody else. Uh, if you if you want me to, if you yeah if you want to cut me well, off at yeah, any point, I'll, just I'll tell cut me you off. I got sure. I got uh, I'm loaded. Yep. Okay. I'll uh, do a couple more. So cool. I think uh, in our in our field, you know, you're I know the work that I shot two years ago is way different from what I shot now, and just what I know about everything really. You know, you meet new people, they shoot things in certain ways, and you just the the way you go about things change. You know, year to year, month to month. So if you could give yourself like one piece of advice like two years ago so kind of like more recently 
um, that really helped you, you know, get to where you are now, you know, something like two years ago that you could tell yourself and be like, Hey, this is something that you got to work on a lot or something that, you know, just one key of piece of advice two years ago, what would that be? That is a really good question. Um, you know, two years, you say that, you know, something recent, but when I think about two years ago, that was a long time ago. Two years ago, I was an intern at the chiefs. Like I had no idea what I was doing. I was not like, not as confident as I was now in my work. I was still trying to learn things, still trying to figure things out. Um, still just kind of learning the ropes as an intern and still kind of just trying to put in hours and prove myself. Um, so if I had a message to that, Billy, or even the one before that at college, it'd probably be to just, you know, I think my message now would be 60 frames per second and 120 frames per second is not everything. <laughs> like you can go to 24 and it'll be okay. And it might even be better because then you get audio and you get raw reaction and motion and it's okay to go handheld. It's okay to kind of just, you know, get the shot in a gritty manner. Like it's okay to, it doesn't have to be a perfect gimbal dolly, 60 frames, slow motion. Like that's probably what I was eyeing back then. Um, but now I go on a shoot and most of the times I'm handheld and I feel like that plays a little better than the slow motion stuff. And I'll, I'll, I'll still do slow motion. Like I love slow motion, but not as much as when I was an intern trying to just shoot everything in 120. <laughs> um, so that's, that would be my message. Alex, do you have a message to your younger self? Oh boy, man. So two years ago I had just started in Columbus, Ohio state. That was started in August. So yeah, two, two months in or two years in change, man. So I didn't really, I didn't really shoot manual focus before until I got there. Oh, and that changes the game big time. Like I remember my first game, just we would use a Sony FS seven on a high hat and I was filming. I'm like, it was a push a hundred to 400 push pull lens. And I'm trying to figure this thing out. I was at fall camp for like a week before the season started trying to figure out how to use this camera, how to manually focus. And I was just like, I'm never going to figure this out. And there were days where I stayed late and just would, would stand in the hallway and just shoot or stand in the office and practice moving like, okay, left turns it this way, right, you focus, it's, it's tight or whatever. But like, I wish I had learned that prior that when I got to the quote-unquote big league, I was more prepared than I was. And granted, it helped me out so much in the long run. That's all I shoot now. Like, I could never imagine shooting autofocus anymore unless I was, unless something else came up. I highly doubt I would ever shoot auto. Um, but that manually shooting, it, it really changes the game. And another piece of advice is like, when, when you're working on a team, so you have multiple shooters at the same time, it's different when you're freelancing and then you're just a one-man. But it's okay to miss a shot. You don't have to get every single shot. Like, I'd beat myself up when I wouldn't 
get a shot where I'd follow the ball and I would go a little bit too far before the guy caught it and I'd beat myself up over it. I'm like, but at the same time, the guy across the field probably got the same exact shot. And if it, even if he missed it, we got the melt too. We have that angle. So you still are good. You find different ways. Okay. You missed this shot. Like find a player on the field celebrating or you're blocked by the goalpost. Like get a cheerleader, get a fan, get someone else. If you, that's just, that really applies to when you have multiple shooters. If you're just by yourself, so you have to take a little bit different actions. Like Billy said in his first podcast, he was saying that he would take a quarter off from filming and would get audio of fans get napped down on the bench trying to do different things. And sometimes you have to sacrifice getting the shots, but you know that when you get the melt, when you get different angles, there's always going to be something to help you get the shot. You don't always have to get the shot. Hence the name of this podcast, Get the Shot. Love that. Yeah, those those are awesome answers. It's funny, Billy. Actually, the the football that I've been shooting this season, uh, I was in that. I, I shoot with a, a C100 Mark II, uh, so it can only do 60 frames, but all the sports stuff that I've been shooting prior was mainly all in 60. Um, and the first practice that I shot, I shot it in 24 frames. And I remember, I, I'll never forget when I brought it in post, and I was like, oh my gosh, this looks so much more cinematic and so much more just like epic. And I, and like, like you said, like the raw, like just the rawness of it and the greenness of it. And I did this practice video that I like loved, and it was all in 24 frames. And I was like, this is, this is like awesome. And so many people say it, but you know, in sports, I think people uh, sometimes may like lean on the 60, 120 frames, which obviously has its place and uh, has its uses, but there is a time, uh, you know, to, to shoot 24 frames uh, for sure. Yeah. It, you know, switching up frame rates is a huge thing that I did not do when I was younger. Um, now I probably shoot half in 24, half in 60 and just make sure I have a good mix. So, um, you know, let's, uh, let's ask one more question and then we'll uh, wrap it up after that. Sure. Um, so let's see which one. Okay. Uh, so what was the most influential like professional moment or like game you shot uh, in your career that you think really like was kind of the moment that like for your portfolio that like maybe your boss now saw that now you got your job you got today? Because I always feel there's always that one person you talk to. Uh, there's that one game you shot. Uh, like for me, I shot um, uh, the school that I went to. I shot their first their first championship. I covered their whole season for the lacrosse and it was their first conference championship they ever made. I made uh, a promo video before the season. I covered them the whole season. I made a championship video, got like thousands of views and basically got me my following, got me all of my lacrosse and sports clients now. Um, so like that was just a huge moment for me and huge games that I covered. Um, so I can only kind of imagine the moments, you know, you guys may have had. So, um, you know, I'm definitely interested to hear, you know, kind of what that would be. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you two moments. Um, the first one being kind of one of the first games I got to shoot at, um, for first NFL games I got to shoot at. Um, one that stood out to me was, I think it was Chiefs versus Houston in 2017. And that was during my intern year, so I didn't really get to shoot during the games. I would just run batteries and cards and kind of follow our full-timers who were shooting the games. Um, but sometimes, you know, they would let me you know, shoot for like a drive or, 
they would give me an opportunity to maybe shoot when we were on defense or whatever. Um, and I remember shooting on one of our Amiras, which are huge cameras, and just, you know, 2017 me was not strong at all for this camera, so I was having a tough time just holding it up because I'm used to, you know, small DSLRs and whatnot. But I remember being on the sideline and Tyreek was going out to receive a punt. And little did I know, he ended up returning the punt for a touchdown. And he ran right in front of me on the sideline as he was entering the end zone because I was kind of closer to the end zone he was trying to get to. Um, near the 10 yard marker, he was all the way down, you know, wherever he was backed up to, and he just ran it back. And at first, I saw him go towards my sideline, and I was like, okay, he's, you know, at least coming towards me. But then I kind of got blocked by some coaches and by some players on the sideline. So I was like, I didn't know if he was out of bounds or not. And then all of a sudden, I see him come out untouched and just running his cheat away, and he ran in front of me as I'm capturing him and he throws up the deuces and that was kind of like the first I think that was the first touchdown I ever recorded and kind of my first like welcome to the NFL moment of yo I just got that shot like I could do more like I could I can do this like you know this is this is just as easy as Quidditch was like um so that was kind of my big moment into the NFL getting my first touchdown which I believe was that game um I'm not 100% sure but I'm that's the only moment I could think of is Tyreek scoring on the Houston Texans and so that was more of a shooting moment uh for an editing perspective my editing moment I would have to say a big one was after I left the Chiefs I filmed the workout with uh Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes, Garrett Dieter and a couple other wide receivers and they you know, showed up to the workout, and I was only one shooting it. It was in the summer, um, so there was no other media there. I was I was the only cameraman on site, and this was kind of my second workout since leaving the Chiefs. So, like, I, I shot workouts while I was at the Chiefs, but I never got to shoot these, like, you know, at the high school stadium workouts in the summer, like off-season workouts where it's more private and more um, – it's not like a team-organized thing. And so I was very – like, like in my head, I was like, this is my chance to, like, do something dope, do something cool, because um, I just left the Chiefs, so I, I know what I'm doing. I'm confident in what I'm doing. I'm the only one here, so, you know, this is kind of my show. And they finished their workout. I ran home. I edited a piece, and I posted it, and that kind of blew up within our fan base, if you will, and that was, like, the first time that kind of solidified my decision to leave the Chiefs. Like, I left the Chiefs and still made this, you know, dope piece of content, and it got a very good reaction from Twitter, from social, and Patrick even reached out because he wanted to post it, and I was like, okay, I can do this. Like, this is this is doable. Like, I don't need to be with the team to do cool stuff like this. Like, it's go time. And that, those are kind of my two moments of like, like what gave me confidence in you know doing what I am today. Those are good moments. Everyone's got their moment, and you can just you just know it when when it hits. I have, I guess, two shooting moments and one editing. My first shooting moment was 
2018 week four or five, we were playing at Penn State and we were down the whole game and KJ Hill, shout out my charger boy now, came across um, on my little screen route and I was in the back of the end zone. And when these big time moments happen, everyone can tell you where exactly where they were, where they were shooting, the time, everything. So I was in the back of the end zone, uh, kind of by the pylon, and another wide receiver at the time, Terry McLaurin, came over and took out like two or three guys with a block. I had no idea what was going on. I just thought he was going to come around the side, get tackled, get pushed out of bounds. But the block came, and he literally came right to my camera, did a little high step into the end zone. And normally if I was a fan, I'd be super hyped, but I was just, you know, laser focused, locked in the whole time on my camera, making sure I got the shot. And it is one of my favorite shots that I've ever captured to this day. Um, it was a great moment. We ended up winning the game and it was a good comeback. The second shot was last year, um, Big Ten Championship. This is different now because I've been with the program for a year. I've gone through, this is what the really nice thing about working for a team is that you get to develop relationships with the coaching staff, with the players, with everybody else on staff, and, you, and they know who you are, and you know who they are. So they, we were down big in the first half, and we all went in the locker room. We're in their locker room because sometimes if, if we were to come back in that game, which we did, we wanted to put out a little piece, like a, a long-form storytelling like Andre did with the Brotherhood piece after we beat Penn State in 2017 I think it was that crazy game where JT Barrett hit Marcus Baugh in the end zone um, so we were getting shots in the locker room like everyone was, was hyped it was quiet but it was also hyped like everyone's like we're good we've, we've done this before we went through these workouts in the winter we went through summer workouts and I'm like I was there like I filmed all this stuff like now, now they're getting me hyped and you see all the coaches and players like we're good. Like we just got to keep going. And now coach day comes up and gives an inspirational speech. And I'm like, yo, I'm really hyped right now. Like, let's go win this thing. Like I'm on the sideline, like cheering for the guys. I mean, like Jeremy Rucker at our tight end makes a one handed grab in the end zone. Then we just go off Justin Fields, KJ, JK, everybody just goes crazy. And we end up winning the game and you feel so happy for these guys because they finally accomplished their first goal of what they wanted to do, which was to win the Big Ten Championship, get to Indy and win the Big Ten Championship. And they did. And that was just a cool moment because you're with the, this program, you're with these guys, and you see how hard they work in the offseason, how hard they work. Because they're, they're student athletes. They're, they're students first before they're athletes. So it's like, it's cool to watch that happen. And then from an editing perspective, which landed me my current job, um, we would make player highlights. Um, so we were able to use like before open doors and, and, um, what's the other, a couple other, I forget what those companies are called, but, um, they allowed you to use copyrighted music, um, because they had deals with different record companies. So now you see like different teams putting out stuff with high, with copyrighted music. Um, we would just do that and put it on the players channels because it doesn't really matter to them. And then we would repeat it from our account. So I would I made stuff for for Justin Fields for J.K. for Jeff Okuda, and that started getting seen by people. I didn't really do a lot of promotion for my work during the season. I did a lot of internal stuff. So when I started doing more social stuff, 
um, I was like, you know, like, why not? I'll just show it off. Like, I feel like I haven't really done that that much. And it got me to where I am now. And that's when I knew I was like, okay, I'm good enough to be seen by other people, but I want to be better. Like, there's always ways to be better. And we covered this before you were on here, but um, I just, I saw what I did now, did back then. And I'm like, okay, that's good, but I want to be better. So, and that's why I'm lucky to where I, where I work now because everyone's very determined to be the best that they possibly can. And that's why I like working on a team is because everyone pushes you to, to be your best self, to, to better the, the program, the social team, the video team, whoever it is. And I was fortunate enough to work at Ohio State when they did that. And now I work for a, a larger video team, more on staff. And I, I, I'm very, very fortunate for that. That's awesome. Th- thanks for sharing those guys. That, those answers got me hyped. You know, that was, that was really, you know, kind of just inspirational to hear, you know, kind of what, what you guys at like the high, where you're shooting like the big leagues and, you know, you're still, you know, I had that. I had that feeling and that intensity. You know, I was an ex athlete, but like when I'm shooting, uh, like high school games or even lacrosse, I'm just you know. You, and I feel like that's kind of why uh, we love covering sports so much, is because you just have that competitive drive and that passion um, for your work and everything. So I hope those questions, you know, were able to bring value to the listeners. Uh, and I definitely appreciate you guys having me on here um, and you know giving me a chance to talk to you guys. You both are definitely in positions that I will be in at one point if I, you know I'm not stopping until I get there so um you know I really appreciate it thanks for those for those awesome answers yeah man yeah for sure thanks for thanks for calling in and thanks for asking those questions thanks we'll see you guys later yeah, bye yeah okay that was dope yeah well, I, I I hope those answers get you know all the listeners hyped and that's that's the reason you know I started this podcast is because so many people would dm me you know, hey, how 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 did you get to where you are now? How did how do you get to shoot for Patrick Mahomes? Like, how do you get to make these edits for the NFL? And I would give them the answer and like, you know, my honest feedback and my I'd probably write an essay almost responding to most of these guys and gals who re- reached out. Um, so I was thinking to myself a couple of weeks ago, like, what if I just made a podcast so that when people ask me those same questions that they always ask me you know, we can get the answers out to everyone because, you know, anybody can just listen to this podcast. And hopefully, hopefully those got, those of you that are listening right now get some um, value and some insight on, on our perspective and our stories. Um, I think we're going to close this out now. No more call-ins, but just a couple of last questions from me um, as we wrap this up. But yeah. uh, your, your position right now is creative branding producer slash editor what exactly does the creative branding mean? So more so just upholding the brand that is the Chargers. I mean, we just went through a whole rebranding right before I got there. Um, slightly changed our logo and new uniforms that if you have not seen them, they are fire. Uh, but <laughs> wait till you see these Navy ones too. Oh the God. color rush. Oh my God, man. But, you guys have probably my favorite color combo, like blue and yellow. Oh, it's just great. like as it's much great. as much as I hate to say that. Again, like I'm a total Chiefs fan here. I love the Chiefs. I worked there for two years. I'm all in yeah. on the Chiefs. I hate the Chargers. 
But I cannot deny that their color combos on their unis and the creative that you guys get to work with and the freaking bolt and the you know the happy yeah. face wink bolt like that's, emoji yeah, that's so, like that you all's branding is top notch and I freaking hate that I love it I hate that I love it yeah so it's it's, it's, it's more it's more modern yeah it's you know totally. and, and it keeps up with the times and that's how like the Chargers were when I would see their work I mean they really took the whole using memes and and, and videos to a whole nother level. Like, we never really did that. Now you're seeing teams yeah. do that all the time. But I don't know if I if I saw anybody before the Chargers do that. And so the, the brand is, you know, it's it's edgy. Yeah. It, it's different. It, it, it's modern. We're not the flashy brands like, you know, Hollywood. We're, we're, we're just, we're, we're edgy and we're different. I mean, I don't really know how else to put it. Like, we'll, we'll push the boundaries a little bit and we as a whole collective unit from top to bottom, from video staff to our social team, we're in it from the beginning, trying to find ways to stand out. Like if we win, what are we going to do? If we lose, what are we going to do? How can we put out the best product that will make, that will uphold the brand that is the Chargers? Because they set a standard before I got there. And I just want to uphold that, and keep it going while I'm there. Yes, that I mean that, that was a really good thing you pointed out. Like the, if if we lose, I think a lot of people only worry about the if we win, and then you know they don't really have a plan for if we lose because we lost and it's it is what it is. But um, I think that's really important to have the plans for for both outcomes. Like or I guess all three. Like if we tie, like well, what do we do if we tie? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, um, so. Working in college versus working in NFL, what are some differences and what are some similarities um, since you've kind of worked both sides of things yeah. and not not just both sides of things, but kind of the top dogs of both sides, Chargers content team and Ohio State's content team, I would say are up there in terms of, you know, the talent that they have. So what are, what's your perspective on that? It's tough to give a, a really good answer because of COVID because normally we'd be, you know, interacting with players more and in the locker room doing more shoots with them. But now COVID hits and it's a little bit different. We have to, we were contact tracers. We have to be just smart about what we do. And I mean, we're around million dollar assets. Like we have to be smart. We have to um, understand what we can and can't do. But from a perspective of what we've done so far, um, it's very similar. Very similar. I mean, there are differences with the, um, you're actually starting to see more colleges do it because of COVID, I think, to get some more revenue. But the sponsorship, like a lot of videos and, and content series that we do, um, will be sold to some sponsors. Um, but other than that, really, I mean, there there aren't really many differences. I mean, you you have your daily social meetings. You you talk about what can we do to promote so and so or game if it's a big time game. What can we do that's different? And um, I feel like every school, every team, everybody wants to go in that same mindset of how can we stand out. 
how can we be the best social team? How can we be the best video team out there? And if everyone on that, on that staff has that same mindset, which we do, which we did at Ohio State, if everyone's locked in, everyone's bought in, it makes things pretty damn easy. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's definitely important to have a team that, you know, all has the same vision and there's not, there's no like questioning of what we're doing this week or next week or today or tomorrow. It's, you know, all, all aimed at the same target as a team. Um, when you're, you know, putting these edits together and kind of getting to the point where you start to throw effects and transitions onto your edits, What's your mindset when it comes to, you know, editing with effects and transitions? Like I got a lot of questions of people asking me, um, you know, what, how did I learn my transitions? How do I, where do I get my effects from? Do I use a transition pack? Like what's your thought process when editing and then spicing up and edit? Because I really love the way you guys use transitions and, and RGB split effects and, sound effects like you guys do it in a way that i wish everybody else did it um so what's your kind of thought process when doing that portion of your edit so i try to use the song that i'm using first like if there's a big bass drop or something like put a big hit there or, or some sort of um i don't know a spectacular catch something and I've really tried to hone in my sound effects um, because I feel like sound design can really change the game. Just like Dalton Conrad will say, color will change the game. And I agree with that. And I'm still working on that. But I think your sound design changes the way people watch and listen to your videos. If there's a big hit that's happening and you're, you know, zooming in on that, there should one be a big bass effect as the dude collides with the other guy. Then what else do you need as you're zooming in? You need some sort of heavy whoosh effect that sells that, that leads right into that, that bass effect. And then sell it even more to make it sound like a football tackle Add another football hit there. Whether you, I mean, we have a lot of mic'd up, so we have raw pad sounds and you can kind of cheat it because we're not always shooting at 24 with audio. We're shooting off speed, sometimes 60, sometimes 120. So I think, you know, using good sound design will push the, the content the way you want it to go and the way you want it to be viewed. And honestly, I will much rather have people say, your sound design was great rather than your color is great. Um, granted, I want both to be cohesive, but I'd much rather have really really good sound design so i use uh that a lot and then i use um the twitch effect that's kind of like uh a little bit like a little jitter some rgb splits um i've used that since i got to ohio state but when i was there i'd just throw it on i wouldn't keyframe anything and then i actually started to learn you know i want to you know set the values differently adjust the colors and and all that. But, um, you know, sometimes it doesn't really need to be flashy. It doesn't really need to have all the, 
you know, um, lens flares. I don't really touch on that stuff a lot. One, because I just like, I feel like it's just layer after layer after layer. Like, I'd much rather do some sort of whoosh. I, I like to use like a radial blur a lot when I zoom in and add like a little RGB, just subtle. Um, it's just the little things. Like, it doesn't need to have all the flashy stuff. And people, I, I mean, when I was first out in the business, I used the flashy stuff all the time. Like, I didn't know what I was doing. I'm like, okay, cool. This, this lens flare will transition into this shot, but it doesn't really make sense why that's going there. But I'm just going to do it anyway. There has to be a reason for you to do something. Like, and I, and I still do it. Like, people I work with call me out. They're like, why, do you, why would you do that there? And I'm like, you know, I really don't know. And they're like, okay, well, sometimes that just happens and it works. But sometimes if you don't really know why you did it, you should figure out why, like why it fits there. And we have a lot of talented editors that see everything differently, which is great because everyone will put in their input and, and make your edit the best it possibly can be. So, and you can get transition packs, you can get all that, but I mean, Anything you should get first, it should be a sound effect pack, I think. 100% agree with you there. Sound design is a big point that I think a lot of people forget about or don't pay enough, enough attention to. Um, and it, it can really elevate your, your piece to the next level. And I just freaking love the content that, com that comes out of y'all's social channels because of how well y'all do sound design, how subtle your effects are, how you know, how all, it all comes together. It's all, you know, one brand and one, that edgy feel, the LA vibes, like it's, it's freaking awesome. Um, couple last questions from we me. appreciate that. Um, yeah. Couple, I mean, it, it makes me miss being in the NFL. Like I wish I was still with the chiefs just so I could like try to do the same <laughs> for art for the Chiefs social and, you know, still be in that, uh, team editing mindset. But unfortunately I am out of, we that. have a, yeah, we'd have a rivalry yeah. <laughs> on the field and on social. I, I, <laughs> Big time. You guys make me want to join the Chiefs back um, for sure. Um, uh, switching it up a bit for this last couple of things, I'm going to give you the opportunity to ask me one question and one oh. question only. So it cannot be oh. a, a, there can be no follow ups. It's just point blank one question know this and that that's tough all right give me a second yeah you're good reach back into your uh, journalism degree your bag of, your know, bag man. of tricks asking, <laughs> usually in in, the, in those situations you know you just you 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 ease them into it before you ask the tough questions but i'm just going to go straight to the point all right um so we talked earlier about you know, I think when Eduardo was on here about being in like a little bit of a rut, like you've made it now to where you are in a short amount of time. Like we've all been in these, these ruts, but what keeps you motivated to, to keep going, to, to stay motivated in this industry? Because it, it's a grind, man. It truly is. And like you've made it, you've made it far. So what have you done to get yourself out of those ruts and, and, and stay motivated to get even further and keep going? That's a really good question. Um, 
I feel like recently being outside of a team environment in terms of a football team or an NFL team or, you know, working for a team or a league, I haven't had to get myself out as many of those ruts or, you know, push myself because I'm kind of outside of that seasonal grind. Um, but back when I was at the Chiefs and in the thick of it and, you know, the week-to-week, day-to-day grind, um, if I ever got in a rut, uh, which might have happened every now and then, I would, um, I would I would just think to myself, like, if, if I sit here and do nothing, then nothing's going to happen. So, you know... I understand I'm in this rut right now and I understand I can't, you know, think of what to do next. But logically, if I do nothing right now, then nothing will happen. So I just need to do something. I just need to drop a clip in, change the scale, flip it upside down, invert it, put a mirror effect on it, put some RGBs splits on it, put some sound effects under it, put a, I need to do something and, you know, kind of push your way out of that rut. And that's how I, you know, deal with those creative ruts. And I know a lot of people will say, will also suggest like, you know, taking a walk or getting away from the screen and, you know, maybe opening up a book and, you know, just reading for a bit or, you know, go grab a drink of water, grab a snack and, you know, to me, like that's that accomplishes the same thing, as in, you know, if I leave my computer, then nothing's gonna happen. Like we're in we're, the seasons right now. We got we gotta finish this thing, and ultimately, you know, your work doesn't have to be perfect, because what's perfect to you might, you know, or what's not perfect to you might be phenomenal slash amazing to everyone else watching. So I think people get in ruts because they want their piece that they're working on or what they're creating to be absolutely perfect. You know, everything's aligned, centered, straight to the pixel. And at the end of the day, once you post it on social, especially with Twitter's compression ratio, no one's going to notice that that text is slightly (laughs) off-centered. Like, like... Yes, I will hit the line button to center it, but if I if it's faster for me to just eyeball it and just go on to the next thing, then I'll do that as well. Um, so that's how I kind of push through those ruts is just just start doing stuff like start make a text layer, make a solid layer, make a make a new layer, and just put a gradient on something. Put a try flipping the clips, try try putting the clips in reverse. I don't know, just just do something and maybe and then it'll start to click and it'll start to come together and you'll be like, okay, I know where I'm headed now, now that I, you know, because even if what you put on or what you start to do is not the right move, now you know that's not what you want to do. And that should help you get in the direction that you're ultimately wanting to go to. Great answer. Boom. Love it. Um, all right, last two things. I need three recommendations from you on other social content creators who people listening to this, aspiring creatives listening to this, 
need to follow and you know check out their work and just need to stay connected with um, in terms of who puts out some dope content that people need to follow from like our industry or anyone uh, it could be anyone maybe one or two from our industry just because there's a lot of people okay. who want to be in sports okay. but that third one could be anyone gotcha. well i'll throw the third one the guy that really never talked to the dude in my life but like uh was really just inspired by his work because i love to travel um sam colder um i think his ad on instagram is at k-o-l-d i think um but he's got his youtube pages you could go back watch his reels watch his blogs slash edits they're unbelievable they're so insane. go frame I, by I frame yeah. this stuff is wild he's great he's great he's actually getting it uh doing a master class here oh really pretty soon that's awesome yeah so you know maybe i might buy it <laughs> it's not too expensive you know always something new to learn oh yeah um two other people in our industry i'm gonna package two guys into one okay. um from the one house family christian diaz and um ale narciso narcisco i don't actually know how to pronounce his last name that's fine but they're they're great people to work with i've done some freelance work with them um really good dudes uh they're based out of miami uh they started their own company um and now are really trying to you know help creatives in, in this industry um so give them a follow as well as ale's brother daniel who runs that one house um and then a third guy or gal um No, I'm, I'm going to shout out our whole Charger staff. I mean, I think they all deserve to be followed. David Bretto, Tyler Pino, Brian Thomas, Brian Georgeson, Brian Robb, all of them are fantastic editors, whether they do social or features. Um, they are fantastic, headed by the man himself, Jason Levine. So give them a follow on, on IG, Twitter, whatever they're on. Some of them are active, some of them aren't, but they're all very, very talented at what they do. So. I love it. Yeah. Chargers, some Miami people, and Sam Colder. Great Rex. Yes, sir. Um, and then last thing is I want you to plug your social. How can people follow you if they're not following you right now? And then give one last piece of advice to that high school student, that college student, that grad student, you know, that recent grad, recently laid off, whatever. They're trying to get it a job here, industry, get into the industry, get their foot in the door. What's your one last piece of advice, but plug your Instagram and Twitter first so people know how to follow you. Yep. Uh, first thing, first advice, if you, I mean, based off of my Instagram and Twitter handle, make sure they're the same. Like at Alex Farkas 13 is mine. It's the same on Twitter and on Instagram. I'm sure Billy's is at Billy Quatch Films on both please make sure that it is the same on both. Unlike, you know, Justin Law, who is tweet J-Law and Graham J-Law, who needs to figure that out, but make sure they're, they're the same. Um, and then a piece of advice, man, people have given me such great advice over the years, but one piece that's really just stuck with me is like, how can you 
stand out? How can you be different in this field? What can you do differently? Um, I mean, there's that saying everyone keeps saying, be different. And it's, and it's true. Like, you have to be motivated in this industry. You can get worn out so fast. I mean, I'm in this, I'm graduated in 2016, so now 2024 years out of college. Some of the stuff looks the same. Some of the stuff is, doesn't. I mean, you have to really stay motivated and really push yourself because in this industry, it's you against you. That's really what it is. You're not trying to beat the other person. You're not trying to beat the other team. I mean, granted, on the field, yes. But in terms of the social game, it's you versus you. Like, if you're there all all mentally, and if you're bought into the program or team that you're working for, you will be set. But you have to stay level-headed, stay motivated, and keep pushing through everything. Whether your team is Undefeated, no wins, nothing. It's going to be a grind no matter what. You have to just be in the right mind space to, to get this done because it is truly, truly a grind. So you versus you, that's what, I'm, that's what I'm leaving with. You versus you. I love it. That is great advice. I'm not even going to add anything to it because that that's all that needs to be said. Yo, and that's straight facts from the man himself, Alex Farkas of the LA Chargers. It's you versus you. How are you going to stand out? How are you going to be different? You're the only one in the way of greatness for you. You got to push yourself. You got to be motivated. And that's the only way to get to the other side. So keep pushing and keep going. Thank you so much for listening. If you're still listening, thank you for supporting the podcast. Please leave a like and a follow and a subscription download my episodes leave a five-star review do all of that because this podcast wouldn't be possible if it weren't for you if you want to be a part of the call-ins for my next podcast episode recording please shoot me a dm on instagram or twitter at billy quatch films or if you have any suggestions on guests or what i could do better to make this podcast as helpful as possible please let me know With all that being said, have a wonderful rest of your day, your weekend, your week, and I'll see y'all on the next one. Deuces.